0: Welcome to the Wise Up Texas podcast. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. Thanks so much for listening today. We wanted to spend some time talking about domestic violence in the South Asian community and some of the organizations doing work in this area. Uh, You may not know, but October was Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, For WISE of Texas, we were focused a lot on the election, but we wanted to carve out some time to highlight this important topic and especially highlight Organizations that over the years have been doing work specifically for the South Asian community, South Asian survivors, South Asian families to eradicate and educate around how to create healthy families and relationships without violence. So, today joining us, we have Pam O'Tal. Pam is a Wise of Texas board member, and she is also on the staff of DIA as the Outreach and Volunteer Coordinator. Pam, thanks so much for joining us. Do you mind starting
1: off by introducing yourself? Um, yes, of course. Thank you, Poonam, for inviting me here today. And thank you for everyone for listening. Um, so, my name is Pam Wattall. And as Poonam said, I'm the Outreach and Volunteer Coordinator at DIA and DIA is a Houston-based nonprofit profit organization which empowers South Asian survivors of domestic and sexual violence through culturally specific services and educates the community to end the cycle of abuse.
0: Thanks so much for joining us and for highlighting this topic with us. I think a lot of times people tend to uh, put the South Asian community in a model minority myth and believe that, you know, oh, these are problems that don't impact our community, but can you tell us a little bit about what what is domestic violence? What are we really talking about? And, And how does it involve our community, the South Asian community?
1: Right, so domestic violence, also known as intimate partner violence, is a pattern of abusive behavior in any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power and control over another person. And this is done through fear and intimidation and often includes the threat or use of violence. And domestic violence does not discriminate anyone of any race, age, sexual orientation, religion, or gender can be the victim or perpetrator. And that does include the South Asian community. Um, So we believe that domestic violence has a cultural factor, and there are many forms of abuse that are very quite specific to the South Asian community. For example, many of our clients' um, immigration status comes up as a way for perpetrators to hold that power and control And so in many cases, our immigrant survivors are solely dependent on their abuser. They don't have the ability to work. They don't have a car. They're isolated from friends and family back home. And they have that constant threat of their abuser outing them to the authorities. And so these occurrences are all part of that dynamics of an abusive relationship. And immigration status and culture really adds this layer of complexity and nuance And not to mention, domestic violence is also very heavily stigmatized in our culture and um, still very taboo for victims who try to speak up or access help. And so therefore, at Daya, we've sort of made it our mission to provide culturally specific services that address a lot of these barriers and bridge that cultural divide.
0: And I'm curious to hear more about how an organization like DIA is able to do that. How do you address the very complex issues you've just raised? You know, whether it's immigration status or cultural barriers, how can how can DIA address those needs for the South Asian community?
1: Right. So at its core, our mission is to empower survivors. So we do that through a few different ways. Um, One is through providing mental health support, so that includes counseling and uh, case management and safety planning. And then also, as you all know, survivors do have complex legal issues. So we provide um, assistance with protective orders or police reports. And then we also have our legal clinic through which clients can receive pro bono legal consultation or representation which helps a lot of our clients who need assistance, not only with family law-related issues like divorce and child custody, but also with immigration issues. And over the past year, we've been able to establish and grow our financial assistance program to provide direct cash assistance and housing assistance for a lot of our clients, Um, because many of them, as they leave their abusive relationship, they don't have credit, They don't have a credit card, they are not knowledgeable about finances. And so we really try to make sure that we provide them that financial education so that they can um, leave or lead an independent and safe life. And then on the other hand, Providing support services to survivors is important, but it's also important to provide education to the community so that we sort of end that cycle of violence. So we do try to provide outreach and education opportunities, both virtual and in-person in South Asian communities to sort of build that awareness about domestic violence and what we can do to end the cycle of violence.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I've seen a lot of the material on social media that touches on identifying red flags and being able to notice when you are in a relationship that is um, not healthy, right? Just being able to recognize, hey, there's something happening in this relationship that is that power imbalance, that can be the first signs of a potentially abusive relationship. And um, I've seen also Daya do those types of materials for teenagers, you know, just kind of addressing some of the realities that our South Asian youth might be facing as well. Um, I, I do want to highlight some of the other organizations in Texas that do similar work. Um, I know it's really quite incredible that across Texas we have similar
1: orgs. Do you mind highlighting some of those for us? Um, Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, alongside DIA, there are a few other great organizations based in Texas that also offer similar survivor support services, Um, one being Chetna in the DFW area. We do partner with uh, Chetna a few times. I think we've partnered with them a few times this year alone. And um, there's AWAS in San Antonio, and then also Asian Family Support Services of Austin. And um, I think many of these organizations, maybe all of them, they're also part of the SOAR network, which is a nationwide sort of collective of South Asian survivor support agencies. So through that um, sort of collective, we're able to collaborate and learn from each other, learn what we can do to help survivors in our area and survivors in the South Asian community. So definitely in this field, collaboration is key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense um, to be able to connect the resources that people need when they're in a situation like this and identify legal services, you know, people who can volunteer um, goods and um, help people furnish a new home if they're going to be able to move out. I I know one of the things that people often ask is why don't abusers, why don't victims leave their abusers? You know, why? why do we need organizations like this? Um, And and why is it so difficult for people to exit a a situation that's clearly unhealthy?
1: Right, now that's a great question. And unfortunately for many victims and survivors of abuse, leaving is not just an event, it's actually more of a process. And so on average, it does usually take a person seven times before they're able to leave their abuse for good. And oftentimes this sort of cycle of abuse normalizes the abuse that a person is encountering and, and entraps them, and it makes it harder for them to leave. And then also, as I touched on earlier, a lot of survivors just don't have resources or help or access to resources for um, them to be able to leave and stay away. And then the um, another key facet is that survivors are at highest risk of injury or death at the time when they're fleeing or having fled. And also it's important to keep in mind these cultural barriers that can prevent a person from leaving, Um, especially in South Asian community, the idea of divorce is still so heavily stigmatized and societal expectations um, sort of end up shaming or preventing a person from leaving an abusive relationship. Um, and then moreover, just systemic barriers that prevent accountability, such as the criminal legal system, courts, child custody, and immigration policies also make it very difficult for victims to sort of just and leave the relationship.
0: Yeah, I think that's really helpful context. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of resources on the DIA website, um, DIA, along with the other organizations. That Pam mentioned have confidential hotlines so that you can, you know, call if you need help in this regard. And it's confidential. So for the people who are going to be putting themselves at risk by by raising this issue, um, it, they can know that you know, this is confidential, that my name isn't gonna be out there, um, which unfortunately is a concern in a, in a community where this can be stigmatized. Um, I really appreciate you highlighting that experience and how difficult it can be for people. I want to connect it a little bit with the mission of Wise Up Texas, which is getting people out to vote and engage in their process. Um, there's you know, always issues that impact women right now. One of the things that are uh, being very much discussed is the uh, Texas abortion ban essentially, which is SB8 and um, just Today, we're recording this um, on Monday, November 1st. And just today, the Supreme Court was hearing some arguments um, about whether the Texas law procedurally is um, lawful and sound or whether it creates an unfair loophole. So without even talking about the constitutionality, that's what the Supreme Court is looking at. And, and we may get some interesting rulings um this week to see what the future is of abortion in texas but um you know i'm just i want to hear more about daya's uh take on on how voting matters how political engagement matters when it comes to this topic
1: right um so legislation can either support or inhibit the healing journey for many survivors in our community um as you mentioned um uh, bill SB-8 has created a lot of new challenges for South Asian survivors in Texas, um, also known as the Heartbeat Bill. Uh, this bill restricts reproductive justice by limiting the body autonomy for many survivors. And so this also limits the healing uh, journey that a lot of our survivors are on because it restricts the control that they have over their own body and choices. And so through voting and civic participation, their community can advocate in the Texas legislature for greater funding for survivor support services and domestic violence education and prevention programs. And through this increased funding, we can ensure that survivors receive the support that they need to heal and live safely.
0: And I wanna make sure before we wrap up this, this has been very informative. For our listeners and for me, just, you know, hearing again about the important cause of Daya and, and how important it is that we remember domestic violence survivors in our community and serve them the best that we can. Um, what can we be doing? How can we help this cause?
1: Right. So first and foremost, educating yourself and others on domestic violence is a sort of fundamental step towards preventing and ending that cycle of abuse. And uh, we have a lot of informative videos on our YouTube page at Dia Houston, where you can go and learn about how domestic violence occurs in our community and the ways that you can help support survivors. And another thing that we can do is also just talk openly about domestic violence. Uh, Parents can talk to their children or siblings can talk to their um, younger siblings about what healthy and unhealthy relationships are and sort of keeping communications open with your teens as they navigate relationships. And then we can also talk openly about just domestic violence and not make it a taboo topic. And this can eventually make it easier for people who need to seek help. And and also a great and simple thing that you can do would be to donate um, or volunteer, um, which will directly benefit survivors. So essentially, we believe that it's really on all of us to work together to create a culture that protects and empowers survivors.
0: Thank you, Pam. Thanks for sharing your message. And I hope some of our listeners walk away with some ideas and tools on how to make our community stronger and safer for domestic violence survivors and eradicate domestic violence altogether. Um, so thanks so much for taking the time. I know October was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but we wanted to bring awareness to this issue right now. And every month is a good month to donate to this cause and to get behind this cause. So thanks
1: so much for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, if you or anyone you know is experiencing domestic violence, um, as Buna mentioned, please call our confidential helpline, 713- Perfect. Thank you.
0: That concludes our interview for today. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise Up Texas does not endorse any candidates or any political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes will air on Radio Azad in DFW. Thank you for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Tech.